Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about episodes 183 through 185, which will cover manga chapters 280 through 284. So yeah, after we got our first confrontation between Luffy and Eno in the last episode, we get some more awesome, insane action between the two. But there are some complications as NL adapts to Luffy. So let's get into the synopsis. With Luffy's advantage over NL's powers, NL has taken to exploding Luffy's other weaknesses as well as utilizing his overwhelming mantra and manages to knock Luffy out of the fight temporarily, with Nami left to defend herself again as she has to hold her own against NL and his death pia plan until help arrives from an unlikely duo. Alrighty, so differences. There really is only one major difference I could find. Otherwise, these chapters are pretty adapted faithfully. So during the whole sequence where Sanji and Usopp regain consciousness, the first minute or so of this is added filler. The manga actually begins where Sanji is waking Usopp up already. So the whole section of Sanji kind of dreaming and then waking up trying to figure out what's happening. That stuff is all added and the manga actually just picks up right where um, Sanji is trying to wake Usopp up. And this scene in the manga is also shown as a flashback, but in the anime it's portrayed in real time and in sequence. So in the manga, Konis actually arrives on the Mary to find it empty, and she doesn't know what's happened, and then it flashes back to show us what happened and where they went. But yeah, that's pretty much it for differences, so let's get into the thoughts. We left off with Luffy dominantly standing over NL, however, even with Luffy's natural advantage over NL, the fight's still far from over and or decided as NL does have that insanely OP ability of mantra enhanced by the Goro Goro no Mi, which allows him to read and avoid all of Luffy's attacks. Eventually, NL realizes Luffy's weakness is slashing attacks, and I love that Luffy just straight up confirms it with Nami beside herself that Luffy would just straight up admit, so, admit that, and it's just like, ah! I'm like, what? And this is where we start to see the true strength, versatility, and terror of NL here as he uses his abilities pretty creatively and to great effect as he heats his staff up with lightning to change its shape to fit his need as well as warp around the battlefield or con or conduct himself and travel through metal. Another thing to mention too that isn't really as apparent is his durability. He's now tanked several of Luffy's direct attacks and is still for the most part fine. So it shows that he hasn't really just sat on his laurels on his super OP devil fruit. He's actually trained himself up pretty well despite how powerful his powers and devil fruit is. But at the same time, you also get the sense that since up till now, no one's really been able to hit NL, even with his mantra, he has become a little lax in his fighting instincts as he still lets himself get hit by Luffy occasionally. There's also a funny moment where Luffy attempts to use Gomu Gomu no Gatling on NL and he just catches the fist and says to him, it's not like the number of arms increased, which is very true. And this is the first time anyone's really called him out on that. And it's pretty funny because it's almost like a meta joke. Like the fact that, yeah, Luffy looks like he has a lot of arms, but really it's just the same two arms just punching really quickly. With Luffy down for a short while, NL decides to enact his grand plan by powering up the Arc Maxim with his electricity and begins to make it fly. But we get a small but really cool Nakama moment with very reminiscent of Arlong Park on a much smaller scale, mind you, where Nami is freaking out as to how they're going to overcome this situation with things seemingly overwhelming and not in Luffy's favor. Luffy just calmly tosses Nami his straw hat, again indicating to her that he's got this and to trust him. And Luffy here has turned on his captain mode here as he calmly tells Nami, 
you're the nakama of the future pirate king don't go showing such a pitiful face and it's like wow it's these moments where they are few and far between but you see why luffy is worthy and become the pirate king despite how silly he normally acts like this is such a cool moment and a really cool growth moment for luffy too because it's like you don't really often see luffy just straight up be very serious and, and sort of talk to his crew members and his nakama like directly like this in addition this theme of the individual nakama of the straw hats believing in luffy runs through the whole series and it develops further and further as the journey continues We've seen it now with Zoro as he declares he'll never lose again after his fight with Mihawk, and if he's going to be worthy of following the future Pirate King, he needs to be the greatest swordsman in the world. And with Usopp in Alabasta when he just declared to Miss Merry Christmas that no one should laugh at another's dream and that Luffy will become the Pirate King. And it's such an awesome development seeing you know their trust and their faith slowly growing in Luffy and one another, and this is another instance for Nami to sort of grow in that way. And I think it's important that despite how close they appear to be as Nakama and crewmates, their faith and trust is still developing and can waver at times, which is good. I mean, it's realistic. I mean, yes, by this point, it's almost 200 episodes and six years to us. But to them, in-universe, it's only been a few months. They've all been together, you know, such a short time. So it's natural that the trust isn't completely there yet, especially for Nami, who is predisposed to not trust anyone because of the way she grew up as a thief on her own for much of her life. It's at this point Enel enacts his death pia plan to destroy everything. The Arc Maxim has another function that allows him to produce thunderclouds to cover all of Skypia, with clouds allowing him to fire lightning down from everywhere all at once. I think one thing that gets lost in the whole lack of popularity and significance Skypia has gotten over the life of the series is just how insanely powerful Enel is. It just really was unfortunate luck he ran into the one guy he couldn't actually hurt with his devil fruit. But yeah, NL is crazy strong. Luffy and NL continue to trade blows as this next phase of the fight has got to be one of the funniest moments from any of Luffy's big boss fights. As Luffy has trouble adapting to Mantra, he comes up with an idea dubbed the Gomu Gomu no Bong or Gomu Gomu no Airhead. And Bong is just that onomatopoeia for an empty head or an empty mind. But the face he makes here is just so freaking stupid. I can't help but laugh every time. But it works, kind of, as he just kind of drifts in between Enel's strikes. But how Luffy looks as he dodges and the noise he makes, that... <laughs> it's just so, so funny. It's too much. But to top this scene off, Luffy eventually tells us that because his head's so empty, he can't actually think and attack. And Nami's like, are you an idiot? And this scene is so funny. But then Luffy has another ridiculous idea, the Gomu Gomu no Tako, or octopus, where he inflates and then deflates himself to extend his limbs and make them like all spaghetti-like. Using this, he starts ricocheting his attacks off the arc itself, and without any way for NL to read the wall, Luffy lands several devastating hits on him with the return of the Gomu Gomu no Hanabi, or fireworks. With NL stunned, Luffy then goes in for a finisher and connects a massive Gomu Gomu no Bazooka right in NL's gut. And you can really feel this hit. I have to give the animators credit where credit is due because this attack is awesome. The other thing that elevates this scene that I have to mention is we get some new musical themes and the score during this scene 
is just amazing in synergizing with each attack that lands. But Luffy isn't done just yet as he wants to make use of this opportunity to get as much damage on Enhel as possible while he can. So he starts to charge at him and calls out a brand new move we've never heard of called the Gomu Gomu no Rifle. And the episode ends there. We don't actually get to see it till the next episode, 184. And fortunately for us, we can just move on to the next episode. And we see that it's an evolution of the, his Gomu Gomu no Pistol and his Gomu Gomu no Bullet as he stretches his arm back but twists it so that when released, it spins and gives it the rifling motion indicated in the naming and inflicts way more damage. And this stretch was pretty awesome. Like this entire combat sequence of Luffy and NL has been just incredible to watch and so fun. In between this, there's a pretty cool scene where a few of the Skypeans have decided to go help the Shandians and warn them about the impending attack as well and that they should also evacuate. And I really like this, you know, the... They've sort of, despite the differences, there really isn't that big of an animosity between the two. I mean, I'm sure the Shandians are a little bit more bitter towards the Skypeans because the Skypeans stole their land. But it's it's good to know that they're they're not completely hostile towards each other and they still care about each other as people. And so, yeah, I just wanted to mention that this scene was pretty, pretty cool to see. Back on the Maxim, NL is one tough dude. I mean, after taking several huge blows from Luffy, he takes even more and he's still standing. Coming to the realization that continuing to fight Luffy would be troublesome, he encases Luffy's arm in a giant ball of gold and tosses him off that arc Maxim. But before that, there's a cool moment just before Luffy falls off. And in retrospect, with hindsight, this moment is even cooler which I'll go into more in the spoiler section, about how NL declares that once Luffy is gone, no one in the world can beat him anymore. But then Luffy snaps back at him and says that down on the seas, there are plenty of monstrous fighters that could beat him. And while I won't go into any more than that for fear of spoilers, but he's absolutely right. In the next scene, we get Sanji and Usopp regaining consciousness as they try to make sense of what's happening. Sanji explains that he saw Nami up on the maximum, but then he goes out of his way to mention that Nami wasn't wearing a t-shirt anymore. And, and Usopp scolding him that that's got to be the least relevant thing right now. And then they make their way up to the arc. And I love how another element from the beginning of the arc comes back to play a role with the use of Usopp's ah to get up to the maximum. But yeah, I like that this arc is a lot more self-contained and so you have like this sort of just a regular story in that you have a lot of setups at the beginning of the arc that have pretty fun callbacks later on towards the end and it's fun you know Enel then offers Nami to join him again but this time Nami defiantly says that she'd rather die than go with him I think earlier she was afraid but after hearing Luffy's determination she's now got the resolve to realize that there's no point in living if she can't be free to live how she wants with her nakama. This is what being a straw hat is all about. The crew trusting each other and living a life of freedom and Nami is finally starting to realize that. Not only that but Nami grows in her own self-confidence as she prepares to fight freaking Enel using her smarts and courage. I mean, these character moments are always so incredibly awesome to see, especially with a lot of the weaker characters like Nami, Chopper, Usopp. You seeing, seeing them grow is really cool because I think for, for me, the one thing I have always kind of not liked about Dragon Ball Z, for example, 
is the fact that a lot of the weaker characters just kind of go by the wayside, you know? Characters like Tian, Yamcha, at least Krillin manages to stay relevant for most of the series, but it's pretty much become, by the end of the series, the Goku and Vegeta and Gohan show, and it's just, yeah, it sucks to see some of the weaker characters get nothing to do, but I love how One Piece still manages to make Usopp, Nami, and Chopper very relevant. Not only that, but still keep them growing, which is really engaging and really fun. However, Nami realizes she doesn't stand a chance, but still is determined to figure something out. But then Anna lets it slip that there are two people on the ship, which we know are Sanji and Usopp, which indicates to Nami that maybe this might be a run-out-the-clock type situation till help arrives. And I love seeing the inner workings of Nami's mind here because she's so cerebral with her combat style, and it's very different from how, say, Luffy or Zoro or Sanji fight because most of their thinking, I guess, it's just kind of out loud, but it's not even really thinking all that much. It's literally just, let's just outpower our opponents. And so I like seeing the inner workings of characters like Nami, Chopper, and Usopp, like actually mentally think their way through their fights. Because like, if you really look at it, you never see like inner dialogue from like Luffy or Zoro, especially. Sanji, sometimes you get to see that, but yeah, with Luffy and Zoro, it's very rare you ever hear their inner inner monologue during a, a fight. And also speaking of Sanji and Usopp, we get another freaking hilarious exchange with the two of them. As Sanji mentions that they should split up to avoid both of them going down at the same time. Giving off the impression that Sanji may be hinting that he's willing to sacrifice his life to save Nami. With Usopp becoming increasingly concerned, Sanji <laughs> turns to him all serious and tells him that... He wouldn't hesitate to sacrifice Usopp's life to save Nami. <laughs> Obviously, Usopp is beside himself doing his best Tsukumi yelling at Sanji that he'll knock him off. He's like, Haritausuzo! <laughs> it's just like, it's so funny. And then Sanji just runs off without resolving this difference in plans. And <laughs> and Usopp's just left there. sanji go. <laughs> I can't believe like how funny these two are together. All the while... Just above them is like this really emotional, intense situation with Nami fighting for her life, both happening at the same time. And it's just this really crazy juxtaposition between the two. We then get a brief scene of Robin creatively using her powers to transport all the injured people in Chandra to safety by sprouting feet on their back and walking them up to the top of the giant jack. We then see that Isa and Luffy manage to survive NL's attack with Pierre protecting Isa. Luffy then falls in the most awkward way possible and somehow gets his head stuck in the ground while his other body is contorted in another completely different direction. And I love Isa's reaction to this. But yeah, once Luffy is free, there's, there's a joke here that's actually completely lost in translation. As Luffy lifts the golden ball up, he explains, Damn it, I can't get this gold ball off. And Isa yells at him to not call it that. The reason for this is that in Japanese, men's testicles are often colloquially referred to as king tamas or golden balls. King being gold and tama being ball. So when Luffy yells, Kuso torene na kono king tama. He's inadvertently saying, damn it, I can't get these testicles off of me, which is pretty funny. But with that, <laughs> Luffy and Aisa plan to somehow get back to the Ark. During all this, Nami has managed to somehow fend off NL's attack by redirecting them with the climb attack and her meteorological knowledge. 
NL growing impatient begins to charge an attack so large it can't be deflected with everything seemingly dire for Nami who would epically show up but the man himself Captain Usopp out of nowhere triumphantly yells at NL that he's the one that should get lost and fires an exploding star but despite how epic Usopp was as soon as the attack does nothing he's cowering and apologizing to NL he's like go minasai and I love I love Usopp moments. I don't know how you can't like Usopp. Like, I get that he's kind of annoying, but God, he's so damn funny. I think this is one of those classic Nami Usopp moments that I love as these two pair so well and so hilariously because of the fact that they're the two weakest members of the crew and just constantly want to help from each other and bicker about one of them needing to protect the other. I especially like that Nami is looking to Usopp for leadership and guidance on what to do next, but then Usopp all intensely is like, he's got some words of reassurance, but then asks Nami to save him instead. <laughs> Just like seeing them both freak out trying to stay alive is pretty exciting and funny. There's another really funny moment where Usopp performs this really graceful flip to avoid a lightning strike from NL, only for him to miscalculate it and slam his face into the side railing. <laughs> it's just... Just moments like this is so random, yet it's just so funny. One thing I really that I like about this scene particularly is despite their lack of physical strength, they both use their brains as Usopp notes that if they stay near the critical components of the arc, that NL can't attack them with too big of attacks. And Nami's already trying to formulate an escape route using the waiver and seeing that they're starting to float above the higher portion of the giant jack. Then we get one of the most hilarious and useless attacks from Usopp, the Usopp spell. I can't tell you how much this gag gets me every time. It just randomly shows up in the series and it's like, why would this ever work? But the fact that he's so serious about it as he warns Nami to cover her ears as it might be life-threatening is just too funny. However, eventually NL is too much for Nami and Usopp to handle, but just as their escape fails and all is seemingly lost, Sanji being the badass he is comes out of the shadows again from nowhere to save them both and sacrifices himself. And then we get one of the most quintessential iconic Sanji moments in the series. As Sanji has just taken the L4 attack to the face, he's still left standing burnt to a crisp and just coolly and epically states that he was just about to ask for a light for his cigarette and like oh my god. Sanji is such a bamf here. Like, he is such a badass motherfucker. Like, wow. You know, it's like, this is one of the great moments of, of the series for Sanji. And if that wasn't enough, he leaves off by saying, you'll be sorry, as he passes out. This then reveals that Sanji did what he does best. And just like in Alabasta and Little Garden, he was working in the shadows, wreaking havoc, being all sneaky, as it's revealed he sabotaged the Ark Maxim from the inside, which is why he was so late to showing up to the battle. But like, damn Sanji, why are you so freaking cool? I, yeah, I love it when Sanji does stuff like this. And this is where we leave off on this insane cliffhanger. But yeah, watching Luffy beat NL to a pulp was pretty awesome, but it'll be interesting to see how Luffy manages to get back up and fight with that massive gold ball on his arm. I can't wait to finish these last few episodes of Skypea with you because they there are still, still some really amazing moments to come. But yeah, if you did enjoy this, send me a like or comment. And if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching One Piece, please consider subscribing. Check out my Instagram and Twitter account at Sunnygo Podcast if you want updates of when I post new episodes. 
or see some pictures of my manga collection. Check those out. And then, yeah, if you feel like you want to support the podcast, feel free to donate in the link uh, on the page. But yeah, just a small spoiler section after this to talk about a couple points um, that I mentioned earlier. But if you wanted to avoid those, I want to thank you for taking the time out to listen to my podcast and hope to see you on the next episode. See ya. Alright, so spoiler section. Yeah, there's only two really small things I wanted to talk about. One was the um the whole scene with the you're the Nakama of the future pirate king don't go showing such a pitiful face when Luffy says that to Nami. And I feel like this comes full circle. I mean, we get kind of a, a resolution here within the arc itself with Nami declaring that she'd rather die than go with NL again. But I feel like we finally get the culmination of that in in the most recent uh, section in Wano, so spoiler for Wano if you if you're not as far, but yeah, we got that moment where Nami is being threatened by Ulti, and she refuses to say that Luffy won't be the pirate king, and yeah, we get that crazy cool moment where Nami finally has her declaring that Luffy will become the pirate king moment, and yeah, it, it's definitely worth it. I I, I don't know if. It, <laughs> I, you you would like to have that moment a lot sooner, but at the same time, I feel like it's really appropriate that it happened in Wano. So yeah, I really like that moment. And, you know, looking back on this moment from Skypiea and then having recently seen this moment from Nami, I guess recently is a relative term because that chapter came out a while ago now. But yeah, this was a really cool moment. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is the whole comment with uh nl being the strongest in the world and then and then luffy just flat out telling him no there are people much stronger than him and more monstrous down on the seas and yeah he's absolutely right like nl is strong but he would get crushed by anybody who knows how to use hockey like obviously nl knows how to use observation hockey which is basically what mantra is but anyone who can use armament hockey would just absolutely destroy NL because then NL would not be able to really use his electric attacks to to that great of an effect. And then also it's just like you look at some of the like the monstrous people who are it down on the sea, whether it be any of the supernovas at this point or the Yonko or the admirals or even the vice admirals. Like I bet you even Garp could take uh nl and so yeah you you see like all these people that could easily just wipe the floor with nl i mean luffy beats him right here and so you gotta think yeah any of like all these people could to potentially just beat him easily i mean luchi who's coming up could probably beat him like it yeah the the list just ends i mean even many of the shibukai could probably beat him right now as well so yeah it, it is it is interesting to hear that line and i completely forgot about this line too um until i did this rewatch and yeah just seeing luffy say that and and you know seeing the context of that after you know 800 more episodes and whatnot it's just like yeah luffy was right these guys are monstrous and could easily be nl but with that being said like i think if nl trained and kind of like 
lived in a world where he had to face those people i do think if all things were even enel's power is just yeah unrivaled he has definitely one of the most powerful devil fruits in in the canon i feel like right now i mean it's a logia that's ridiculously strong you know i i mean and he kind of moves around like kizaru with the the pika pika no mi but it's just I, I feel like lightning is just stronger than the Pika Pika no Mi. And it's, yeah, it's crazy strong, I feel like. But yeah, those are the other things I just wanted to talk about. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>